Hey there, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. How are you today? I can't believe it's already like mid-November. What? (laughs) Sometimes I have those moments where I like really look at the calendar and I'm just like, wait, I thought it was July. Because you just get so caught up in all the things that are happening in your day that I don't know if that happens to you or not, but I don't even actually know what the real date is. I just know what's coming up next. (laughs) And I have those moments where I'm like, okay, there's like a month and a half left of 2017 already. So welcome to our mid-November special edition, (laughs) episode 71. I'm so excited about today's interview. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host, and I'm also a professional speaker and author and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, which is a network of public speaking clubs for women. Today's episode is all about the four powerful steps to go from surviving to thriving in life and on stage. And the Claim the Stage podcast is all about public speaking for women. And so today's episode is all about that mindset that goes into helping you be a better speaker and also someone who comes from a more authentic and loving place in your life. And this interview with Mia Hewitt is just so eye-opening. And as I was interviewing her, we did it on Facebook Live so I could see her as we were doing the interview. I was so mesmerized by her. I was just like hanging on every single word. And there were so many moments where I'm just like, oh my God, hold on. (laughs) I'm interviewing her right now. I can't just watch her talk. So I just really loved everything she shared today. It's so powerful. Probably have to go back like 10 times and listen to this because there's so much wisdom and there's so much complexity in what she is teaching that I think it will take me like months and months to really work through all of it. And and as she says, she works with billionaires and she works with these people who have worked hard to master this mindset that she's talking about. And when you're able to do it, it's like the possibilities are endless. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Before we jump into that, I want to remind you all that the Speaker Sisterhood is growing like crazy. <laughs> and we just launched our 17th club and we have a new virtual club launching. So if you don't live in Massachusetts or one of the surrounding states with a club, you can now get in on the Speaker Sisterhood magic by joining a virtual club. And we have a launch party coming up in early December. You can go to our website, speakersisterhood.com, click on club directory, and you'll see the, the virtual club. You can email the club leader and she'll give you all the information on the launch party and how to get registered. And the, the really beautiful thing about the virtual club is that you could be sitting in your living room in Montana or Florida or Toronto interacting with women from all over the country or possibly even around the world, hearing their speeches from their life, getting support from them and being on this really amazing journey to discovering more of who you are and building confidence in your voice. So if that sounds exciting to you, you can go to speakersisterhood.com to get more information. All right, guys, without further ado, let's jump into today's interview with Mia Hewitt. Welcome, everyone, to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm so excited for today's interview. We are talking about the four powerful steps to go from surviving to thriving in life and on stage with Mia Hewitt. And I'm going to introduce you to her and give you a little sense of her background and what to expect. So Mia Hewitt is an international speaker, a world-class leader, and a performance catalyst. Her specialty is results. She supports entrepreneurs in up-leveling to go from good to great and then great to unstoppable. Their biggest source of pain is knowing they were meant for greatness, yet they don't know how to achieve it. 
They worry if they'll ever, ever reach their goals or secretly wonder if they're even good enough. So how does she do it? That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. Mia has co-owned and operated a multiple seven-figure business, led teams to greatness, ran the five major uh, world marathons, and leaves a lasting impact everywhere <laughs> she goes. Simply put, Mia is a badass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. This is so great. I also want to say hello to everyone on Facebook right now who is tuning in. Thanks for being here. If you have questions for Mia, you can post them and, and as a comment, and I will make sure that we get to them at some point before we conclude today. So let's get started with Mia's background. I want to know how you got into this type of work because it's so fascinating and it's probably not something you thought of doing out of high school. So how did you get here? Exactly. How did I get here? Um, you know, the truth of it is, is that I was so poor as a child and then I was driven to like, you know, I've got to make it, I've got to make it. Right. So I got really, really, really driven. And the interesting thing is I kept thinking that what society told me was that I was going to arrive that there was going to be a point that in my career, when I made X amount of dollars, then I'm going to get there, right? Like, then I'm going to feel good enough. Then I'm going to feel worthy enough. Then, then I'll finally be adequate. <laughs> and uh, it never came. And so I would keep reaching these next milestones and next milestones. And I would, you know, became very wealthy. And yet I still felt so inadequate. So I was just a wealthy, inadequate person. And I thought, there's got to be something more to this. Like, it really drove me um, to be obsessed with it. And so inside of that, I started really, like, understanding, like, the mind and the mindset and how that applies and what keeps us from getting the success that we want. So, you know, one of the very keys is becoming aware, right? So awareness is the first step. And yet it won't give us, awareness alone will not give us results. So a lot of thing that kept me stuck is I would have this awareness and I thought, well, that would be enough, right? Because we're kind of taught in school that if we learn something, we become aware of it, and then we can recite it back, that that's enough to get a result. And it's not. And so awareness is the first step, but it's not the only step. And so that's why it's one of the keys, but not the only key. So the biggest thing I want to give people is that in life and on stage, we've got to get that success is your birthright, yet you've been programmed to stay the same. So it's really inside of being aware that you are so much more greater than this physical body and this mind, right? You, that you are more than this, that there's infinite potential that you are, that is available to you, that you can be a part of. And then where that shows up on the stage is something to be aware of on the stage is you can't stand for the audience's results and need their approval at the same time. All right, let's back way up for one, <laughs> for one second. Then we're going like, <laughs> so much here. This is really good. So when you became wealthy and you still felt inadequate and you became aware of your inadequacy, did you, were you aware of what was missing at that point? Or were you just aware that something was missing or that it didn't feel right? Yeah, that something was missing. Cause like, you know, I bought into the belief, you know, we're trained in society. It's like, well, you know, when you have this success, then you've arrived. Like some, that's when you're going to have it all together. 
right? Like you're going to really, and to me altogether meant like I would stop feeling inadequate. Like I always felt like not good enough, not worthy enough. Um, you know, as a child, you know, when you were so poor, you know, I was always taught not to ask for anything. Mm -hmm. Don't ask for anything. Right. And so that unworthy, like that somehow, like I saw so many people with so much and not that I didn't want them to have it. So it wasn't like I had a jealousy, but I was like, how are they having so much? And how do I not have that? I'm a good person. That's the other misconception, right? So in awareness, we've got to begin to clear up the common misconceptions we've been taught, um, passed down from generations and generations um, and in society. So, you know, a common misconception I was told, you know, is as a child, it's like, if you're a good girl, then good things are going to happen. And if you're a bad girl, then bad things are going to happen. Like, you know, you're not going to get anything. But the truth of it is, is it didn't make any sense because how was it that there were wealthy people who were bad? Like, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. Sure. Yeah. Like, and it would be really, really good. So here's where I'm see, showing you how it didn't work. I would be really, really, really good, and I wouldn't get my results. And it really led me to be suicidal. Like, when I was about 18 years old, I really just wanted to die. Um, I, I just couldn't figure it out. And, um, you know, really the only thing that stopped me from, from committing suicide at that time was my mother because she was a single mom with four girls on a beginner's teacher salary. And she was always upset. And, um, and I didn't want to do that to her. <laughs> I think that's the only thing that really kept me from being here, to be quite frank about that. Wow. Um, but when I came through it and I, I said, I made a promise to myself and to God, you know, I said, if you will help me through this dark time, I promise that I will give this to everybody. You know, and, and it's just, it's so amazing because I think about that and that promise and I kept it. <laughs> yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. These common misconceptions seem very deeply yeah. ingrained, right? We've been told yeah. from a young age, be a nice, be a good girl and you get good, you get things in, in return. Yes. How, so as an adult, how do you even recognize that those beliefs are in place if they're so deeply ingrained? Do you have a strategy or a tool that helps you to see that that's what's running your show? Yeah, exactly. So the fastest way to see where that blind spot is, is everywhere you have resistance in your life. Everywhere you feel frustrated, you feel irritated, you're not getting the result you want, guaranteed that's where the blind spot is. Every single place. Because think about it from, you know, consider if success really is our birthright, then anywhere we're not having that, that's where the blind spot is. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, That's the fastest way to find it um, because you're not going to recognize it because it's so who you think you are. I mean, you know, think about this. Here we are. We're born into this world, and we're, we know we're born for success. I mean, look at those babies. They're like, it's all about me, right, until we're talked out of that. And it's like, it's not about you, and it's not, you know, you can't, you know until we're programmed to think differently. Um, that we can't do those things or, you know, in well-meaning parents, like I, I really say this without any judgment, but what has been passed on to them and then what they do to, you know, to what they've done to us is use shame and guilt. So one of the biggest limiters, in fact, I'll say this, the only reason we have fear is because of shame and guilt. If, if we were not 
if shame and guilt was not used as a way to get us to conform and to, you know, to manipulate us to, to conform, we would have no fear. Hmm. Wow. And by the way, that is the number one thing I see that stops people from speaking live on stage. Because why? Because the subconscious mind has this shame and guilt, like that feeling of not being good enough running in the background of the mind. It's always there. And when you go up in front of like on a stage, it literally knows it's going to be found out. Like it's afraid it's going to be seen. So it goes into protection mode, which is why people can't speak in front of people. Why you go shut, Because you can't be in your authenticity, be authentic and be in shame and guilt at the same time. Wow. So these four steps we're going to talk about today are going to help yeah. us to move from shame and guilt and get to that place of authenticity. Yeah. Like it really is going to start to um, tear apart, uncollapse, I like to say, you know, the, the truth from the lies and it's the truth that will set you free. So inside of like, that's the litmus test, right? It's like the, when the truth, when you find the truth at the core of what's really stopping you, when you separate the truth from the lie, the truth will set you free. It's just wow. beautiful. Yes. So these four steps start with awareness, which we just talked about. The second step is understanding in how universal laws work and how to use them. Tell, yeah. tell us more about this. Yes, okay. So one of my favorite universal laws, um, when I learned this, I was like, why doesn't everybody learn this? Why doesn't everybody know this? So one of my favorite is called the, the universal law of polarity. And what that is, is that nowhere in the universe exists a half of something. So everything exists as a whole. So meaning, like, what does that really mean? So if you look in nature and everything about um, the natural principles of, 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 of the universe, everything's in a whole. So meaning if there's a left, there's a right. If there's an up, there's a down, right? So there's the law of polarity says that that which is um, available, the opposite in the equal opposite is available at the same moment in time. Now, why is that important? Because if failure exists, then success exists at the same moment in time. If a problem exists, then the solution to that problem must exist at the same moment in time. You're blowing my mind. Okay. So okay. <laughs> right? Because most people have it as a common misconception. Like one of the biggest ones is that problems is just the way of life. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you do with that then? You know, there's a problem in front of me. There's also a solution. Like you just, you're supposed to just quickly shift it. Yes. So if the first step, so whatever is stopping you. So I'll give you this, like, this is how it occurs to me. So let's go with the law of polarity. So if failure is on, is on this side and success is on this side, what happens to people is and this happened in programming. What do I mean by that? So prior to the age of seven years old, as human beings, we don't have a conscious mind. We have a subconscious mind only. Well, what does that mean? So there, it's literally like there's a sponge. And so everything goes in as a truth, even if it's not. Hmm. Right? So the conscious mind is what has us be able to accept something or reject something, agree with it or disagree, right? So that's our ability to decipher, but we don't have that prior seven. So everything that we heard from other kids, 
right? From people, from anybody goes in as a truth. I mean, I remember my daughter saying, mommy, she came home one day and she's like, mommy, I don't, you know, I don't hear very well. There's something wrong with my hearing. What do you mean? You know, oh, the teacher said, I don't hear very well because I didn't put my backpack in the right position. It's like, there's not, you know, she thought that she took it literal, right? Because that's what kids do, right? Why wouldn't they? And so the thing that I'm pointing at inside of this is really understanding, like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Where, do, where did we get this information? And then really being able to pull it apart. So what happens to people, let me go back to that. So here is the failure of an event and here's the success. So what happens to people prior to the age of seven is they'll go into an experience, right? And they'll hit an edge. They'll hit the edge of whatever their capability is. Meaning they don't, have, they don't know how to think yet. They don't have the mindset to know how to be with that, or they don't have a skill set on how to actually overcome that experience. But rather than getting curious and figuring out what is the mindset, what is the skill set, they hit the edge of where they're capable, and then they retreat. And then they say to their subconscious mind, never let that happen again. So now the, the programming goes to protect so that it never will let that experience happen again. So you'll have fear show up to protect you. That's just a smoke screen from the decision you made. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But when yeah. you hit that wall, yeah. how do you program yourself to go over it and continue moving? Because that seems like the giant challenge, especially if you've got all these neural pathways and beliefs about where you're supposed to stop. That's, that's, that's exactly right. So what has to happen is everywhere you have been stopped, has to be uncollapsed because all that was missing was a mindset that would have let that happen, you know, to how to get to the success, right? Because remember the success is available at the same moment in time. So it's not that it, the solution wasn't right there, but it would take a different way of how you would see it or how you would think about it. How long does that reprogramming take? It seems like it would not happen overnight. Is there some research around it would take 21 days or is yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about that. Um, from all of the people that I have worked with, I, I, what I do with my entrepreneurs is I start them out on that foundation. So we do the reprogramming the very beginning, the first day that we work together and it takes five hours. One individual, I'll take them through a reprogramming and I allow five hours. And in that five hours, it's literally like a 5,000 pound gorilla gets taken off their back. I mean, it really is life changing because when you get to the core of something, see most people are, the reason why they, they can't get the results they want is they're dealing with the symptoms and you can't, you know, when you, you can't, if you deal with a symptom, you don't change the core, right? You never cure the disease by addressing the symptom right? So you want to go to the core. So when you get to the core, which is why the reprogramming is so powerful, when you get to the core and you uncollapse it where they're doing it, I'm, it's, here's the paradox. <laughs> this is such a paradox, but you have to go through it alone, yet you can't do it alone, hmm. right? So like they're doing it, it's in, they're going through in their mind. I'm taking them back to those experiences where they got stopped and they're actually completing them to get to the wholeness and the fulfillment and the joy of what that would be now. Because the truth is, the past doesn't exist, right? Where's the past? Point to it. 
right? There's no past. What, what we have as the past, you know, because remember, time is made up. That's a man-made concept. It's not a, a universal law. So everything's happening now in the moment. It's a now phenomena. So when you remove the 5,000-pound gorilla, you, there's no incremental, that's a, you know, society would have you believe that success is arduous and it takes like incrementals and it's like, you know, a long journey and it's a struggle, but you, can you hear the mindset? It's all coming from how to survive. Now, if we go on the opposite of the equation on how to thrive, you can quantum leap it. Yeah. How do you do that? Because you literally take the 5,000 pound gorilla off your back and you stop coming from surviving and you start coming from thriving. So one of the, you know, I love that you're asking this question because the two things that prevent people from achieving success is one, not knowing what's really operating them, like what's driving their decisions. You see, it's that app, that what's in the background is how, how you see things. So let me clear up some misunderstandings. Most people think that what they see with their eyes is the truth. It's not. You ask an eye doctor. What happens is we look at something and then we go into our subconscious mind and we go, what do I believe about that? And then based on what we believe, what is our habits, what is our values that we made, the decisions we made about those things from programming, from childhood, then we project that onto what we're looking at and say, that's what that is. Hmm. So we, we're not really making accurate decisions using past programming. Does that make sense? Yes. That's why we're not, that's why we're not getting our results. But isn't that nice to know? And if there's not something wrong with us. <laughs> I, feel, I do feel good about that. So yeah. now, now once we understand that we're, yeah. we're working through our belief systems, yes. the next step of applying, how do you apply these awarenesses and understandings to then shift the mindset and actions? Exactly. And it literally happens inside of that. So once we have these new awarenesses, right, like people like in the reprogramming, literally, they are so freed up because now they can see clearly. Because when you remove the 5,000 pound gorilla, what's available is clarity. And the second thing that stops people from succeeding is not having clarity of like what it is they, they clearly want. Like, what is that? And I mean that because the universe doesn't know, no. The, the law of cause and effect says whatever, you know, like causes create like effects. So whoever I'm being as a cause is what the result I'm going to be able to produce as an effect. Does that make sense? Yeah. So inside of that way of being, if I'm not clear, if I'm not being the cause that I want, it doesn't know, no. It's a, it, 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 whatever you say, whatever you focus on, it says, here you go. Here's more of that. So it's like, if I'm focusing on something negative, I'm not wanted. Here I go. Here goes everything more of what not wanted shows up. And then I think, oh, because I'm, I think that based on what society says, oh, you know, those people over there that are getting success are just lucky. Yeah. No, they're not. There's no such thing as luck. That's a lie. It's a misconception. It comes from society when you don't understand universal law. The, the truth of it is everything's being done in an order. Success is actually simple. 
it's actually really, really simple. When you take out all of the programming, you can see it's a process. It's a simple process. That's why you don't have to have a certain intelligence. That's why you don't have to have knowledge. One of the biggest things I see stop entrepreneurs and, you know, in society is taught as a misconception is like, you need to know more. If you're not getting results, you need to know more. No, Henry Ford proved this. He was the wealthiest man of his time. And yet he was illiterate. He was from, he was poor. He was poverty. He was, you know, ignorant, illiterate, had not gone to, you know, hadn't had schooling. And so how did he become the wealthiest man in the, in, at that time? Well, he did it because they reenacted this in the recent movie, um, Think and Grow Rich, right? So I went to the LA premiere of it and they reenacted it. And Henry, you know, the actor was reenacting Henry Ford and he's on the stand in the book. Um, they explain, Napoleon Hill explains this. He's on the stand and the lawyer's basically drilling him going, well, what happened in this war? And what happened in this? Because he wanted to show how um, ignorant he was. And Henry Ford says, I don't need to know all that. He says, I have like 12 buttons, red buttons on my desk. If I need to know something, I just call, you know, push the button of the person who knows it. And the reason why I say this is because most people think that knowledge is what equals results, but it's not. It's, it's not knowledge as in general knowledge. You got to know everything because consider this, if that was the truth, our librarians would be the wealthiest. That's true. <laughs> right? Like it may, it's not, it's, it's, there's no evidence to show that, but what equals success is a specific knowledge then organized in a way right with an organized effort systematically where a person could see the value of that and then be able to purchase it you know that makes me feel better because i suck at trivial pursuit and um right you don't need to you don't need to. it won't be success but how many people do you know that know all this information and cannot make a dollar a lot <laughs> right like that's what i'm talking about because they they bought into the lie and and i mean this with the most compassion with no judgment they bought into the lie that knowledge equals power when i always say it's not knowledge it's organized specific knowledge implemented and applied which then gives you the results yeah, also known as mastery, right? Like really committing to your craft and learning how to do it and all the pieces that make it make it work. That's right. But that's what people really want, right? They want that mastery. They want that specific thing. And then when you can um, say it in a way, like when you understand the way the mind works and how a person comes to a conscious decision, it's about then, you know, taking that and applying it in a certain way where the person can see the value and make a conscious choice because we buy with our emotion, but we justify it with our conscious mind. Yeah. So before we get to step number four of results, I want to ask you about this mastery piece because yeah. when, I, when I teach speakers to find a niche and get really specific with a target audience and a specific problem they're solving, they have a really difficult time with that because they want to help everybody do everything. Yeah. And that makes mastery really difficult because then they have to be a jack of all trades, master yeah. of none. And you probably run into that with your work too, especially with people who have multiple interests and Absolutely. multiple talents and lots of different goals. How do you get them to hone in so that they can have that mastery in one place and really build the momentum and become the next Henry Ford? I love that question. I, love, I really do. I love that question because at the core, what's really happening is they're seeking approval. 
And it goes back to what I said on the stage. One of the biggest things that we have to really get present to, and this is in life as well, is we cannot stand for somebody else's result, like our client's result. We can't stand for the audience's result and need their approval at the same time. See, because what happens when we do that? As soon as I'm, when I'm trying to be for everyone is what I'm really saying is please approve of me. Please approve of me and please tell me I'm worthy enough and please tell me that I'm good enough to do this and then I'm going to be okay. And that's where the problem lies, hmm. right? Because it's a need for approval. When, when our commitment, my commitment is so for my clients' results. Like I am such a stand, an unwavering stand. And I say this meaning like what has me be so powerful is I give the analogy is what I, what I teach my entrepreneurs to be like is where my stand for their greatness and for their results is like an oak tree where my legs go into the core of the earth and they're so solid. Like that is unwavering, right? But yet what makes me so powerful is that my leaves are so flexible. They can blow with anything. So I can be with any conversation. I can be with anything somebody you know, brings to me, but my stand is unwavering. Like the results that I am for them and for who I am in the world is absolutely unwavering. I will not waver. I will not come down to their, wherever they are to make them feel better. I will be with them. I will meet them where they're at and I'll acknowledge that's where they're at. But they, you know, I'm holding this, their greatness. It's up here and they're going to come up, right? And the people who are not wanting that are not my clients. They're not going to like working with me. Right? I'd be the worst person in the world for those people. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So like if I was trying to be for everyone, they would, they, it would be miserable for them. But here's the great thing when you're not trying to be for everyone and you're all about results and the results that you know you can 100% deliver. What shows up is the best clients. Like I work with the most amazing people. Why? Because they're the right fit for me. They are exactly who want. They know that there's greatness inside of them and they don't know how to achieve it. Wow, do those people love me, right? And when I have a whole bunch of those people loving me, it's not because I'm needing them to love me, but because who I am for their results is so much greater than needing them to like me or approve of me or agree with me, right? Mm -hmm. that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think this is a really good example of going through the four steps. If you're a speaker and you're trying to provide content for everybody, that can bring you back to that first step of becoming aware of, oh my God, maybe I'm just looking for approval. And that's why I can't build momentum and get that, 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 that path in, in the speaking world. That's then, exactly it. So once it you realize it's all about approval. Yeah. yeah, you're too trying to be like, oh, please like me, please say I'm valuable, please. And again, that's that programming, right? Yeah, Running yeah. in the background going, you're not good enough. You're not good. And then it's a self-sabotaging thing because then the more that people go, no, I don't want your services, it then just reinforces that belief of, see, there is something really wrong with you. Yeah. But it's not true. It's because you've built something that's not targeting a certain group and solving their specific problems. It's just exactly, it's exactly. So can you see in the key of number three of applying when your decisions are all coming from survival, then the results show that. Yep. 
Yeah, let's talk about number four results. Um, This is about building the muscle of alignment, consistency, and achieving results. Tell us how that, how you get there. And so it's a muscle, right? So one of the biggest things, uh, again, a misunderstanding, misconception, and they've proven this, um, that the society used to say is, well, you had to have been born with it. Or those people who are getting it, they're just born with it. You know, I, and I know so many successful people and like myself would say, no, I had to build that skill. You know, <laughs> I wasn't born with any of it. Um, so what I like to clear up is the misunderstanding that it's like something that you had to been born with or in the, you know, have the right genes for. It's really inside of building the muscle. So one of the things, um, you know, that stands out to me in understanding universal law and how that shows up on stage is When preparation meets improvisation, that's power, right? So why do I say that? Um, Because it's it's in the preparation. What I mean by that is you have to be. It has to be so. You have to practice it so much so that it becomes your identity, right? Like it's not. It can't be something that is out there. The thing that, you know, I've worked with billionaires and one of the things that they taught me, you know, two in particular that are just brilliant men, brilliant, brilliant men, um, which is Jeff Hoffman, the co-founder of uh, Priceline.com and Martin Franklin, who was the owner of Jardin Corporation. Those two guys, the the most amazing thing is they, they ooze that meaning. What do I mean by that? they don't separate from their results. Like who they are is their results. So one of the things Martin Franklin said to me, and I'll never forget this, is he said, Mia, he says, most people can't make a decision. And I said, tell me more about that. And he says, well, you know, he says, when I make a decision, he goes, you know, now again, you have to listen to where he's coming from. He's also coming from thriving. So he doesn't have the surviving going on. So, of course, his, his ability to see clearly is a to- coming from a totally different place. But you can hear it, what he says. He says, I assess what there is, and then I make a decision. And when I make a decision, I don't think how many millions of dollars I'm going to lose if my decision is, is wrong. And I go, you don't? And he goes, no. He goes, I make a decision. And then basically what he was saying, like, he puts on blinkies, which is like, cause he's from London. So it's like what horses wear, you know, what blinders where they can't see to side. He goes, and then I go to work to ensure my decision is right. Meaning he enrolls other people to align with that and have that be so, but he never looks back. Hmm. So a decision, you know, comes from the Latin root word to decide, which means to cut off all other possibilities. Wow. And that's the power of being in thriving and making a decision and claiming it. So inside of like awareness, I always say to people, you have the power to create anything you want in your life. And you're going to have to claim that power first before you get anything you want in life, because there's a claiming to it. There's a being clear on what you want. And then there's a claiming, like, even if you don't know how. You don't need to know how. See, most people are waiting, like the majority of society, 95%, they want the results first and then they'll decide. Yeah. It doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because why? Not because Mia says so, but because law of cause and effect says you have to be the decision. You have to be the cause and then the how shows up in the effects. Mm 
Yes. It defies law to want the results before the decision. But yet how many people, well, when, you, when I see it, then I'll believe it. Or this is what they'll say. When they don't see it because they're waiting for the seeing it first before making the decision, they're like, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, yes. I love everything we're talking about here. I want to give everyone on Facebook a chance to ask a question. If you have one, please write it into the comment box. I'm going to review the four steps we've covered so far. So the first one is awareness. The second is understanding. The third is applying. And the fourth is getting results. So do you have a story you could share about a client you worked with or something in your life that helps to illustrate how these four steps steps work and what happened as a, as a result of doing this? Oh, that's a great question because they, I have so many, I think, who do I pull? <laughs> who do I pull? Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this one because he was just the most recent on my feed of like, you know, they PM me all the time, you know, like they'll go, this one guy just closed a $94,000 deal. Another guy just closed, you know, made the most amount of money in his whole career. And he's only been working with me for a couple months. Right. And so I'm known for taking your annual income and turning it into your monthly. So how did this, so taking them through that step, like, what does that look like for them? you know, there was such awareness of what was really stopping them. Um, awareness of, so let me just focus on one. After we did his reprogramming, he, it cleared up so much. He literally said, you have removed all fear and self-doubt. Because remember, when there is no longer shame and guilt running us, that's that not good enough, there is no fear. It, the fear comes from shame and guilt. Like, think about it. When you were shamed as a child, right? Like, you know, shame, what does shame mean? Shame means um, there's something wrong with you. Like, you, you, there's, there's something wrong with who you are or something wrong with you. Um, or guilt is there's something wrong with what you did or what you do, right? So it leaves you thinking that there's something wrong, that there's like, well, this is all who I am, right? If I'm only thinking this is me. So then there must be something really bad. So it makes me then keep secrets, right? Like I don't want anyone to find out that I'm really like not good enough and there's something wrong with me. So that's when the act starts happening. Like the act, most people don't realize they're in an act. They're in a survival protection pattern that they do. And it shows up where people can feel that something's off with them, but they can't put their finger on it. So it'll show up with like, let's say on stage, the, per the person will come off like they're trying too hard. Or maybe on stage, it'll show up like they're kind of coming off too ar like arrogant because ego can look one or two ways. Ego can look in arrogance um, or superiority, but it also can look like inferiority, like they apologize. So what does that look like on stage? They'll come out and instead of like being just happy, they use filler words, meaning I'm really happy to be here, right? And it's like the audience can kind of feel the loosey-goosey of that, right? It's kind of like, well, what would be the opposite of that, that you're not happy to be here? Like it kind of leaves them feeling unsettled, hmm. right? And that produces that. So like when I think of those things, so awareness is the first, you know, definitely inside of, you know, when I think of the guy that I'm speaking of, the awareness was massive, like clearing up that stuff was just liberating for him. Um, he instantly started flying. Then going through the understanding of the universal law of polarity, 
he could let go of that success had to be a journey and it was long and it was going to take him a long time. He could start quantum leaping because there's no such thing as time. So that's how he produced the most amount of money that he's ever made in his career in a single month. Right? Like it was like, Whoa, what? Because you can let go of that. So that's how the understanding the law showed up. Now how he applied it is it shifted the way he saw things. So remember when we're being driven from surviving, what we see is like, you know, all coming from those beliefs and patterns. When we shift that, what we see is opportunity. See, we can't see opportunity from surviving. It only, its job is to protect us and to, to just to keep us the same mm-hmm. um, and comfortable, right? Where now all of a sudden he could see opportunities. So, you know, he is just taking off and just like now what he's doing is inside of where he used to focus on, where he thought it was. He's now living from a vision in his bigger purpose. And now he's building a system, which this was, this never occurred to him prior, right? Where now he's actually organizing in a way that he's going to go then and eventually sell it, you know, to bigger networking, um, um, multi-level marketing companies, like that process on how to, to build that from the solid ground. He can then sell that system for millions. That's awesome. That's like, yeah, that help you. Yeah, definitely. So I want to jump into the lightning round. I have six quick questions. These are just short answer questions. First question is what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers? Definitely clarity on your objective, right? Like really being clear on what it is you're trying to have the audience get as a result. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? Yes. What it is, is where you're operating is everything, right? So success is actually where you're coming from, not where you're trying to go. It's a come from place. So what's operating you means everything. So definitely making a decision from thriving is where you're going to thrive. What advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, stay the course, right? Stay the course. You're, 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 it's all coming in alignment for you. Stay the course. And then one thing I'd like to give her that I, I, I it took me a long time to get this one, and I would like to have given it to her at 25 because I'm going to be 50 this year, is it's okay to ask for what you need. It's really okay. Like, that's part of the process. You need to be able to ask for what you need. And, um, I, you know, coming from programming of don't ask for anything, I'd like to t- make that her life a lot easier because she could have gotten a lot faster if she would have asked for what she needed. <laughs> yeah. uh, number four, what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self? <laughs> mm, mm, to her, I would like to say thank you. Thank you for being here. I didn't think you were going to be here. Um, so the fact that you're here is amazing and that thank you for standing for the greatness that is inside of every human being and being unwavering in that. Yeah. Number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? Wow. That's so interesting. Cause like three, three words pop out to me. So I don't know which one would be most important because I'm a truth seeker. So truth is like, everything to me. Um, but what comes to me next is self mastery and then alignment. So if I had to pick one of those three, 
I would say the truth because the truth always sets you free. And then the self-mastery and the alignment is a, is a natural given. And number yeah. six, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? I love that. I really love that because that's in life as well, right? So to me, what that means is really being your full self-expression, right? Meaning really without apologies, like, you know, completing the shame and guilt to be your authentic self and own the room, own the room, because the power comes from when you think and what you say and what you feel and what you do are all in alignment. I love that. Yeah. I know you have a free report that outlines these four steps. You want to tell us about it? Absolutely. It's um, called, you just go to learn.miahewitt. And my last name is spelled H-E-W-E-T-T. So learn.miahewitt.com backs, backslash thriving. It's how to thrive. And, um, and, and what does the report give you? It's exactly those steps more in detail. Um, so a lot more, you know, inside of like what awareness is, is and where that you could find that and then inside the understanding and how to break that up and more into applying. So it, it will, um, for anyone who wanted to just like have it and not, you know, take notes or something like that, it's going to really support you in seeing the process, right? Because there is a process and it is by which I give you. The awareness has to come first. So awareness is not enough to get a result. So you have, we can't change something we're not aware of. So awareness is the first step, but yet understanding has to come next. You're going to have to be able to dissect and uncollapse the truth from the lies and really complete that so it no longer runs you. So understanding is the next step. And then you're going to need to go out and apply it because it's not, nothing is going to happen unless you actually apply now this new way of thinking, new awareness, new understanding. It's going to shift how you see things and the decisions you make. And then finally results. You want to stick with it. It's in building this muscle of consistency that success is not only yours, but it's a given right. That's yeah. such a great recap. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. You're such a beautiful person. I'm so captivated by you. There were so many times during yeah. this interview, I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing an interview right now because I'm just like watching you talk. Fun. I'm like, oh yeah, I have to ask a question. I just love everything. That's awesome. I love that, right? Like, like let's go on a journey together. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm really, really um, honored that you came on the podcast to share this. And I know that so many people will get value from your words. And I hope that they will follow up and check out your report. And I'll put a link to it in the Facebook Live. So um, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. My pleasure. And thank you for who you are, Angela, and like what your cause is and what you are doing for women. Um, I'm just really honored and privileged to be here because what you're doing for that, you're giving them permission to not only have their voice, but to really get to know themselves and be that authentic self that they've always wanted. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the impact you're making in this world. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Okay, thanks. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. Mia is so amazing, right? I'm still like mind blown. <laughs> 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. You can really easily do that in a few minutes, and it does help more people to find the uh, the podcast. So appreciate your help with that. And if you want more public speaking tips, information, ideas, you can always go to speakersisterhood.com and check out our blog, join a club, or um, you know listen to more podcast episodes. We've got plenty of information here for you. So as always, you guys, and more than ever, because this is exactly what Mia was talking about during our interview today... Stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.